Welcome to the Knowing God Podcast. The hope of this podcast is that it would help you to know the Word of God so that you may ultimately know God. I'm your host, Andrew Rutten. One quick note here to start, uh, most of these episodes that we do pretty much stand alone and you can listen to and meditate on them whenever you can. However, although you can listen to this one by itself, it would be great for you to hear the last one first, okay? So I would encourage you, if you haven't, try to listen to that one first and then listen to this one. Because last episode, we talked about the debt that you've accrued against God that there is a a debt and a punishment that you have that has built up, and this one is going to talk about how to deal with that debt. So let's again read the last line of verse 13 as that leads into then verse 14, which is what we'll focus on today. God made us alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Paul is teaching us here that our sin and trespasses against God have accrued for us a debt of death and wrath from God. That is what a life of sin deserves. So the question I want to answer today is this, how can we get out from underneath what this debt demands? Okay, how can we get out from underneath this debt? Well, God tells us there is a way to handle that debt. There is a death for debt, and that's what we need. We need a death for that debt. Now, I mean two things by that phrase, death for debt. So let's just look at the two meanings that I get from this verse. First, In order for that debt of wrath and death to be paid, there has to be death as punishment, right? Like in order for that debt of death to be paid, someone has to die. Now you might ask, well, God is loving, right? Can't he just choose to love us and forgive us? Well, here's my short answer. No, (laughs) no. In order for God to be just as well as loving and forgiving, He has to punish sins. Imagine if somebody abused someone else. Would it be righteous and good if the court system or the judge said, you know what, I am really loving and I don't really like convicting people of their charges, so you go free today. Like, you just enjoy it. Would that be a good, righteous judge? Absolutely not. The loving and right thing to do is punish the evil in a way that hopefully helps that person turn to better living, as well as giving justice for the offended party. So too, God would not be just if he just wiped all of our evil deeds under the rug out of this ethereal sense of love. No, there has to be punishment. There has to be death for these trespasses. So, We have two options. Either you pay for your sins through an eternal death or you accept a substitute on your behalf. And in God's kindness, this is what he offers you. He sent his son in order that he might die in our place. 
For it is Christ who came from eternal life and plunged himself deep into the darkness of death. And why did he do that? Paul says he did it to cancel your record of debt that stood against you. He took the debt, he absorbed it as he was nailed on the cross, and he paid for it. God gave up his son and Jesus offered up his life so that there could be a substitutionary death on your behalf. So that now, you know what the record of your life says if you would trust in Christ and his work on the cross for you? Your record doesn't say guilty, deserving of death and wrath from God. No, it says innocent, deserving of life and acceptance from God. Christian, think about that. You are innocent in Christ. Your debt has been set aside. You owe nothing. You are free. Christ set that aside on the cross. In 2 Corinthians 5.19, in speaking about this act, it says, In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. It's a different way of saying the same idea. God is reconciling. He's making right, bringing you back, not counting trespasses against you. And how is that fair and right for all of your evil deeds to go unpunished by you? Because they were paid for by another. Your sentence of death and wrath has not been forgotten. It has not been overlooked. It has been paid for by Christ on the cross. Therefore, That brings us to the second meaning of this phrase. There was a death for that debt, but also there is a death for your debt. Now, here's what I mean by this. You know, it's one thing to say that our life of sinning and trespasses that we did before we met Christ, that that was forgiven. You know, we lived a life of sin. We came to Christ and Christ paid for all that, forgiven, reconciled, all of that. That's one thing and that's true and good. However, here's another interesting thought. That guilty record that you have isn't just in your past. You are still currently accruing guilt through your continual sin. Like as I'm recording this currently, I'm thinking about how last night I lost my temper with my son. He was whining, he was getting upset, and I raised my voice to get his attention. So I snapped out of anger to him, it scared him, and it caused him a bit of fear because I'm a much larger and louder human being than he is. Now, is any of that loving and caring? Or is that what Paul says in Ephesians not to do by fathers sinfully provoking their children to anger? Yeah, it's sin. I deserve to be punished for that sin. God charged me to lovingly care for my son as God lovingly cares for me. It's my duty to lead him in love, and I disobeyed God and hurt him in the process. Now, I've been a Christian for over a decade now, but that sin still deserves death and wrath. It's a sin against God and a harm against another person. But here's the immense beauty of the gospel. Although you will continue sinning for the rest of your days, just accruing more and more guilt for your record, that debt is dead. Jesus didn't just pay for your past sins. He covered your entire life of sin. You have been made clean. So picture a court scene. 
You are declared innocent by the judge because the sentence you should have paid was already paid for by another. Somebody took that punishment, served your sentence, and the judge was satisfied. So he says, you go free. And let's imagine that you walk out of that courtroom and you see someone right away in the lobby of that courthouse who just always frustrates you, always seems to cause you pain. And you're just angry, and so you walk up to that person and you just punch him, right? Like you just pop him right there. Now, all of a sudden, he presses charges. He says he wants you to pay for that. And so the security guard, he takes you right back into the courtroom. I mean, you haven't been gone a minute yet. The judge hasn't even left the room, and he looks back, and there you are walking back in. So many of us assume that if God was that judge, he would look at you and say, are you kidding me? I just gave you immense grace and set you free. How wicked and terrible are you for sinning again? That's it. No more grace. You're guilty and now you're going to be punished this time. Friends, maybe take a moment and consider, is that how you view your relationship with God? Do you live so scared that because God gave you grace once, you're kind of on thin ice not to screw it up again? Can I offer you maybe a different picture? Let's say that scene happened and you walk back into the courtroom and the judge looks at you. All he hears is this, your substitute standing in front of you saying, judge, I already paid for that one last time. This new sin, it was still covered. I didn't cover that person's previous life of sin. I covered their entire life of sin. What this person does tomorrow, covered. What they do next week, covered. What they do 40 years from now, covered. Judge, this person is once and for all, always and forever, fully and completely innocent. And the judge bangs his gavel and says, this person has a life of innocence now because his debt is forever paid. Friends, that is what is true of you in Christ. You cannot outsin the canceling of your debt in the work of Christ. And God isn't running out of grace for you. In fact, it's actually just the opposite. Every time you sin, it just magnifies and makes seen the grace that he has already given you. I mean, think about that for a second. Slow down and let's just think. He already has given you all the grace you need in Christ to forgive all of your sins. So every time you sin, it isn't draining a limited supply of grace. It's revealing how much grace God has already given you. So don't shrink from God in your sin. Don't hide from God in your sin. You don't have to make it up to him when you sin. You get to run to him because his grace is seen once again. Praise be to Christ, whose death paid for our debt and whose death gave death to our debt. We walk in freedom today in Christ. And when we do sin, when we're confronted with our wrongdoings, we do not hide, we do not defend, we do not pretend. Praise Christ for that sin too is covered, paid for, declared innocent. Friends, may God bless you and keep you. May he give you favor, grace, and peace.